All right, welcome to the first inaugural episode of the Stronghold Podcast. Uh, name is a work in progress, we'll be honest. I'm uh, your host, Brendan Conrad, and I'm here with our very first guest, Luke Vagley. Hello. All right, so, Luke, we've, uh, we're just going to go over, you know, some basic questions. Uh, what's your name, your social security number, uh, your home address, your mother's maiden name, and your credit card number? Sure, would you also like the name of my first pet, street address... Favorite the lady I took to prom, anything like that? Yes, yeah, I think all that would be uh, okay. useful information. Okay, good, good. Yeah, these are basic questions. I answer these often. Um, so my name is Luke K. Vagley. What's uh, the K for? <clears throat> K is for Colby, as in Maximilian Colby. Okay. Yep, yep. Absolutely love him. And uh, let's see, what other what questions do I need to answer? Um, well, let's just go over it. So what do, you, what do you think of household? Like, what's household like for you? Oh, man, okay. Well, so I got into household one year ago, um, so the fall of 2019, and um, I think we heard some sneezes in the distance. Um, so, you know, it's interesting for me, I joined household, um, actually, because I knew that household was at Cincinnati prior to coming to Cincinnati. It was one of the, the reasons I decided to study here. And um, so it was really Luke Swanson and Paul Stucker who pulled me in and... Um, and they're kind of the uh, the catalysts uh, for for getting me to household. But now that I'm here, the reasons that I love household and the reasons that uh, that I live for its mission are uh, are probably twofold. One, uh, the brotherhood that we get to develop here is a beautiful thing, and uh, not only do I get to benefit from that, um, coming home to seven guys who care about myself and who allow me to enter into their lives more deeply, but we get to go out. And we get to bring others into that um, and share the gospel that way. And uh, that's why I want to stay in household, you know. That's why I'm here. Yeah, for sure. So, I, think that's why, I think that's why a lot of us are here. So, yeah. All right. Good answer, as, uh, as I would say on Family Feud. <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, like, what, what does an average week look like for you? Like, what did you do over the past week? Wow. That's a great question. Well, this, this past week might, might have been a little bit um, above average, I'll be honest with you, uh, because I'm still... Even though we're in a week three of school, I'm still into the uh, getting into the rhythm mode, and so I had a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of different personal projects, household projects, school projects to uh, to finish up. Um, but yeah, no, an average day. I'll pick maybe like a Tuesday. It seems like a pretty average day for me. So Tuesday, wake up at uh, 6:05, and then Are you a 6:05 kind of guy, not 6:10. Uh, you don't like to cut it short. 6:05. Okay. Okay. Wake up at 6:05. I get all the lights on so that the other guys are getting up at 6 or 5 as well. And uh, we make our way downstairs. And uh, by 6.10, we are sitting at the breakfast table with, uh, well, I'm sitting at the breakfast table with seven other guys, right? Yeah. It's all the others around the table. And um, yeah, usually it's a little quiet because everyone's a bit groggy. Everyone's but, uh, very groggy. <laughs> I would say the conversation picks up pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. you say? Yeah. Ben will, ben will do something to make us all talk, and then, you know, conversation picks up from there. Yeah, yeah. Usually, uh, Ben might get uh, roasted for his, uh, coffee his love of coffee, yep. yeah, which is uh, which is pretty typical. And, um, yeah, you know, conversation starts picking up, maybe uh, maybe a little banter here and there. Yep. And uh, before we know it, uh, it's uh, 625. It's time to clear the breakfast table and uh, start some prayer. 
And um, yeah, sometimes it's at the stronghold, sometimes it's at the fortress, sometimes at the mountain. We haven't had one in the mountain yet. That's, Not yet. That's coming up, though. That's right. It's in the books. It's in that's, the books. Yep. So yeah, 6.30, morning prayer, right out of the Liturgy of the Hours. Beautiful. And then we, uh, we end with uh, some worship songs, which uh, you've been leading in yeah. the past. Yep. It's, so. been, it's been a lot of fun being able to do that, filling in for Carl in that way. Um, Carl, obviously, one of the OG members of the Stronghold. Um, yeah, so like, what, are, what classes are you in right now? So I am uh, kind of into the, the depths of my mechanical engineering curriculum. Um, and so I'm taking four different mechanical engineering courses. I won't bore you with the details on those. Um, but I'm also in an intro to marketing course which has been which is business which is uh more our uh our very own housemate sam's expertise yes it is and slowly becoming mine so I'm, I'm working my way into the business realm you know it's yep. still a transition but yep. how's how's marketing for you just go ahead and describe it how you described it earlier <laughs> so i can't speak to marketing as a major because i don't have any experience with marketing as a major but i can speak to intro to marketing specifically the beginning of the intro to marketing course and i would describe it as uh, engineering that was dumbed down to a freshman in high school level and then it's all about intuitive stuff related to buying things <laughs> like uh, you know people buy more stuff when it's less expensive or people buy less stuff when it's not as good quality <laughs> so pretty much just basic logic I, I would say so. That's so far. But that's kind of, uh, that's me intentionally being a little bit mean, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. You're a big photography guy, right? I do. Was I that, do enjoy photography quite a bit. When was the last time you explored an abandoned building and took pictures of it? Wow, okay. That was that was a very, very interesting segue. I like how <laughs> <laughs> I, think I've, I think I've built a, a brand <laughs> or something around myself that every time people think of photography and me, automatically abandoned buildings i mean it's those are not i'm not gonna say it's like only your best work but it's some of your best work it's like, definitely my most favorite thing to photograph that's yeah for sure. and it's cool stuff because not a lot of people get to see that that's you know true. that's true you know the most recent place that i've explored um was an abandoned turnpike um in pennsylvania and um i actually went out to see that on my way back from washington dc to columbus and so it was only 20 minutes off my uh my trip and so I made a stop at it and this place was unique uh, because it's actually open to the public so I didn't have to do any you didn't have to break in or anything no like breaking in well you know well I won't finding your way places. in finding, yeah, your finding way. my way in right so this was uh, this was a lot easier you know there's a place to park and you could walk right up to it um, but nonetheless very cool place um, still still fully captures the uh, the allure of an abandoned building because uh, it is very much abandoned so now, uh, where would people go to find these pictures and or videos that you have taken of? Uh... <laughs> so for, for full albums of all of my explorations, and I think I'm up to maybe 43 now. Um, wow, that's a way more than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. I uh, started about two years ago, so it's been time to, oh, yeah. to, uh, to accumulate some. But uh, uh, for all of those photos, um, you can go to forgottenbeauty.wixsite.com slash abandoned. And they're all they're all up on there, um, and then for for the videos, and I've only recently got into uh, to the video work. Um, you can just go on YouTube and look up Beauty of the Forgotten, and you'll find that find the channel, and you can peruse through that at your leisure. There's some there's some good videos on there for sure. I 
appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. It's been fun making this. Yeah. So speaking of movies, you're uh, you're a really big Wes Anderson guy, right? Yeah, I do. I do enjoy so, Wes Anderson. So books. tell me a little bit about that. Oh man, because I'm I'm not super well versed in Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. I'm I'm more the <laughs> Christopher Nolan, you know, like sure. Avengers movies. Just like classic well, blockbusters. To be fair, to be fair, Wes Anderson and Christopher Nolan are are, are squarely tied for my favorite directors of all time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but that being said, they are very different directors. Yes, very, 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 very much so. Directors. So I got into Wes Anderson, uh, gosh, uh, summer of 2019. So it's only been a little over a year since I've uh, even known of him. But mm -hmm. uh, I found out about him through the flick um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. A classic. That's it's a, a classic. That's a, I is. haven't seen it all the way through, but I've seen enough. Like, I have enough friends that are like, oh, this is a fantastic movie. I don't know why I haven't watched it. I'm really bad about just not watching movies. Like, people will be like, oh, you need to watch A, B, X, Y movie. And I just <laughs> never take the time. I'm just like, yeah. sure, totally. And then I go on YouTube and, like, watch a video, like, explaining, oh, here's the reason why this screenplay is, like, so magical. And I'm like, that's so cool. And then I just don't watch the movie. I'm just like, oh, I yeah, I know everything about, like, why the new Fantastic Four is horrible, or why, like, Wes Anderson is one of the greatest screenplay writers and directors of yeah, all time. Yeah, But, like, I've never seen any of, like, his actual work, really. Yeah. So I'm a meticulous note-taker, so when somebody recommends a movie, I've got a, I've got a place to put it, you know? Mm -hmm. Bust up in the Google Keep, and uh, oh, yeah. it's right on there. Yeah. But um, We're working on that Google Keep sponsorship already. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Once we get sponsored, that'll be, that'll be big. That'll yep. be big. Yeah, I, so I found out about Wes Anderson through Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is an excellent movie, just amazing. And then from there I was hooked, you know? I was like, man, this, his style is just the perfect idealistic, uh, but also kind of rough uh, feel to it. Very humorous, very dry, sharp cuts. I loved mm -hmm. it, I loved it, I was hooked. So I've since seen all of his movies. Um, he's got a new one coming out though, called The French Dispatch. Hasn't been released yet. I think, I, I think I've seen a trailer for that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the trailer is out, and uh, I'm really excited for that. Um, there's only been maybe like two films of his that I just really didn't like, but yeah. the rest of them are just. What killer. was the the submarine one? Yeah, Life Aquatic just did not make sense to me. <laughs> Got to be honest, <laughs> this <Yeah>. was weird. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on uh, on Nick Cage? Oh, on Nick been, Cage. We've been doing a bit of a Nick yeah. Cage watch through here at the That's house. That's true. That's true. I don't know. You know, I the one movie we watched. Do you remember the name of it? Uh, which one? The most recent one? Most recent one, yeah. Ooh, ooh, I do not remember the name of that. But it was not a good movie. Uh, you I know what? I, I gotta be honest. It, it wasn't intentionally like supposed to be funny, but it was so campy. That, oh like, yeah. It was. It was genuinely funny. I actually I enjoyed it for that. Reason. I I ended up falling asleep pretty pretty early on. Yeah. Okay. And, and if you watch it all the way through, it, the plot was plot was solid. What's funny is, I don't usually fall asleep in movies, mm. so, like, I know it's not a good movie when I do fall asleep, I'm like, I just can't be interested in this if yeah. I'm falling asleep to it. Yeah, that's a sure sign on the, uh, on the Brendan Richter scale. Oh yeah, it's like, oh, drops low. fell asleep, no, can't watch this, this yeah. is a terrible movie, don't yeah. recommend. But I'll tell you what, you know, he busts out those one-handed push-ups, you know, right at the beginning, and I was hooked. That's true, he did, I was hooked. he did do some solid one-handed push-ups, it's, it's, mm. Around the era of um, Con Air, it was right. I'm pretty sure it came out around the time of Con Air, which is just the best Cage film, if you ask me. I really do think it's one of his best works. You're not a you're not a um, National Treasure fan, are you? 
Oh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I'm a Who? National Treasure fan. I would not have put it together that Nick Cage was that actor because I don't follow actors very well. Okay, so. that's yeah. Who yeah. is it that's not a? Is it, you know, I don't know who that is. I can't. Someone, someone that we live with is not a National Treasure fan, and I just it's a pity. Oh, it's Tim. Never mind. Tim doesn't uh, live with us, but I see. still, I see. Uh, Tim doesn't like National Treasure, and I just can't forgive him. It's yeah. just like almost we'll a mortal around. sin. We'll bring him around. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you want to tell the story of a player that's weird and you need to confess that? Oh, man. I think okay. this is a good time because <laughs> Tim is weird and he needs to confess that he yeah. doesn't like national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, for, for anybody who might be listening, um, so um, so Claire, Claire Vagley, my sister, lives in the women's house. Um, my family and I, we have a, a, a decent collection of, of stories, uh, you know, about Claire. We call them Claire folklore. And... Um, that might be uh, that might be time. There might be time to share that later. But um, yeah. this story might not fall into folklore. This is uh, this is squarely in the realm of facts. Um, so uh, it was somewhere along maybe uh, Thanksgiving break or Christmas break, my freshman year, and um, uh, my family and I we were headed up to visit my grandma. So a bit of a road trip, maybe two hours from Columbus to Canton. And um, Claire likes to um, stimulate conversation amongst the family, and so she pose the question to everyone, how would you like to adore Christ forever in heaven? And like, in what manner would you like to do that? And so, you know, I think everyone was kind of like, well, I hadn't really thought about that for a while. <laughs> in fact, I hadn't ever thought about <laughs> yeah. that. It's just one of those, that's a Claire Vagley question. I guess. <laughs> it is. It is. For anybody who yeah. might know her, that is, uh, that is right on par. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, Claire's like, okay, fine, I'll share first. And so she says, personally, I would like to hold the baby Jesus in my arms and, uh, you know, and, and just adore him forever, you know, by holding the baby Jesus. And Matthew, uh, who is our uh, quieter, maybe slightly more rebellious uh, younger brother, he's the youngest in the family, he just really, um, really bluntly and uh, unapologetically just quips to Claire, Claire, it's creepy and you need to confess that. And then he just turned back to maybe like looking out the window or whatever he was doing. Doing and that teenager was that. things. And doing teenager things. And, I, you know, the rest of us just erupted because that was hilarious. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I'll never forget that. Yeah. 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 So that's a story I like to share. That's a, that's a great story. I love that one. Yeah. And now you use that with Paul, your mm-hmm. roommate, just every once in a while. You just turn to him and go, Paul, that's creepy. You need to confess that. <laughs> it's just so quotable, you know? It's, it's great. So oh, you, you started using that just around the house, just in general. Yeah. Yep. Every once in a while, Dan, Darren will come over. He'll do something kind of weird, and I'll just look at him and go, Darren, that's weird. You need to confess that. Yep. yep. Bring that to uh, bring it to Father Ethan or Father Cuomo. In the, oh, uh, Father Ethan would love that. <laughs> yep. yep. Just go, go in and go, Father, uh, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. Uh, I did this creepy thing, and I needed to confess <laughs> it. Everyone told me so. <laughs> I called out by my brothers. Yep. Here I am. Yeah, yeah. I got a boatload of stories uh, that, uh, man, I might, might have to share it another time, but uh, yeah. go on. So let's see. Um, you're a big uh, big Cage the Elephant guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's my, uh, so, uh, probably my favorite band of all time. All right. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me some like some stuff that I might not know about them. Oh, wow. Um, Which well, is probably a lot, because I, while I do like Cage the Elephant, I don't listen to them nearly enough. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I, I got to be honest, I, I know I have a cursory understanding of their history as a band, but um, I think the first song I ever heard from them was Trouble, 
Okay. Um, I have to listen to that. Definitely pull that up sometime. Listen to it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was what got me hooked. And then I just started peeking around, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I was I was turned off originally because a lot of their songs, uh, well, not a lot of them. But some of their songs are like kind of kind of tending towards like screamo kind of music and a little bit yeah yeah and i was like mm, that's not that's not my style yeah. you know i'm more into the alternative rock or indie uh arenas but um you know they strike a nice balance between the they got a lot of chill songs you know mm-hmm. might put you in your feels get you thinking and then they've got some upbeat kind of grungy uh you know uh songs that are a little bit louder yep get you hyped up you know so I think they, they cover the whole they cover the whole spectrum you know the wide wide gamut of songs, and um, yeah that's what pulled me in and it's well done. But mm-hmm. maybe a fact one fact that I know about them that, that I think is interesting is um, they uh, the members of this band they're not overtly religious at all, mm-hmm. but their parents all of them all of the, these members uh, their parents were religious. And uh, you can tell very clearly, and they'll admit to this in different interviews, that, that those values rubbed off on them. They still mm-hmm. hold some of these values. And it's very cool to, uh, to listen carefully, and you can hear, you can hear some, like, those values come through. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I love hearing that sort of stuff about music. Yeah. Like, just hearing, like, stories behind how songs are written. Or uh, I watched a video the other day on, um, so I'm, I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan, right? Okay. okay. So Led Zeppelin um, had their fourth album. So they had... Uh, Led's up on one, Led's up on two, Led's up on three. Which right. I think... Those are the I, names of the albums? I'm, I'm pretty sure some of them have actual names. But most people just sort of like go, oh, this is off their first, second, third album. Gotcha. And then Led's up on four is essentially the untitled album. Or it's called Bundle of Sticks is the other name. Uh-huh. Because the cover art is just this guy carrying a bundle of sticks. Yeah. It's a weird painting. Um, but I heard a very interesting... like I watched this really cool video um, on YouTube that was just explained how they recorded that album. And so how it worked was pretty much they had, um, they they had some decent success from their first three albums, but they weren't really like, oh, you know, they were like, we could, you know, keep doing what people want us to release and what will be popular, or we could write what we want to write. Oh. And so their, their record label was like, okay, you have like a month to write an album and release it, because it had been like a while since their last album. And so they go to this like abandoned mansion that was like supposedly haunted, I think. No and they just take all the time in the world and just like do all sorts of crazy things for um, like the the first song on the album. They recorded it, reversed it, and then like pitched it down or something, and then turned it back around. Okay. So it's like for some reason how they recorded it makes it sound totally different than the original like way they played it. Yeah. Um, like the entire drum beat is just like totally reversed. So like those kind of learning those sort of facts about like songwriting is just so interesting that people can think in that way. Like, Hey, what happens if we take this track, yeah. literally spin it around yeah. and then pitch it down and then spin it back around to play it in the proper order yeah. and just like hear how it sounds differently. So that's like a lot of technical knowledge, a lot of technical knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's where Stairway to Heaven came from as well. That was on that album. So big, personally a big fan of that album. Um, very good one. Nice. So you were raised Catholic, correct? Right? That's you, true. you grew up totally that's Catholic? True. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. From cradle talk, all the way to mail. Do you want to talk about being a cradle Catholic at all? <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's kind of interesting to me. Um, the more, um, you know, the more people I meet 
who are maybe uh, bedrock characters in the Newman Center, um, quite a few of them are also curatorial Catholics. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think to me that emphasizes just how important the family is. You know, yeah. maybe something that's a little bit forgotten or a little bit uh, perhaps understated is that uh, yeah. If, you're, if you grew up in a solid family, and your family has Catholic values, and you know that's a that's an important thing to the family. Then, man, yeah, you're it's gonna, probably going to stick it's with gonna that. It's going to transition yeah. through. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I, I I was really gifted in that way. And you know what? To be honest with you, when I was in, uh, especially eighth grade, I think eighth grade was really the 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 height of this for me. Um, there was this big moment there where I. I, I slowed down and I asked myself, well, shoot, you know, I grew up Catholic, right? It's all I've ever known, all my life. Um, but like, what's, what's the real, what's the real true faith? You know, what's the real truth? Because it's awful convenient for me that I grew up with this, right? Um, just kind of handed to me. And um, it felt all too easy, if that makes sense, you know? Uh, what are the odds that I just happened to grow up in a family yeah. that practiced the faith that is the fullness of truth. It seems all too convenient. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I didn't, um, I'm thankful that I didn't have to really go through an intense period of, of doubt um, or an intense period of uh, relinquishing the faith in any degree, but I did uh, really dive into a time to, to search out whether or not uh, this faith that was given to me is really my faith and whether or not it's really true. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a very cool moment for me um, because as I uh, was, you know, in the height of that process, I entered into my freshman year at St. Charles and um, the curriculum there really pushed uh, the sacred history of the church mm -hmm. and even sacred history as it is presented through scripture. And that was like, so I'm already studying the stuff on my own because I want to know, right? Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, like, boom put together with uh, some actual like academic study of it and I think that was uh, pretty uh, pretty transformational for me set the tone for the way that I, I would view faith uh, through high school and even through now so mm -hmm. yeah yeah so would big. you say that St. Charles is like a more Catholic high school than most you hear about now or do you no think was... I would not say that okay. <laughs> I wish I could say that uh, I, I will I say this academically uh, they do they do an excellent job okay but uh Here's the deal, you know. Uh, I'd rather see I'd rather see a high school that was failing academically in in transmitting the faith, but had teachers and students who were alive in their relationship with God. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's great. It's really, really great and important too to understand the faith and its historical elements and the beauty of it and the enormity of it and the sacredness of the tradition that we hold. That's that's important and mm. very very beautiful. But if there's no relationship with God, then it's bankrupt. You know, yeah, it's it's worthless there's, at the end of the day, no right? Yeah. And um, I don't want to slam St. Charles too hard because I think this is a narrative that plays out across a lot of Catholic schools, yeah. not just St. Charles. But um, I didn't feel that that was present there. And maybe a specific example to illustrate that is we never had a youth ministry program there at all, or oh, any really? kind of campus ministry program. Hmm. Yeah. Nothing. Um, and so uh, some students that were there before me started a, a prayer group that met uh, in the chapel that we had on campus um, every morning. And uh, really? so we'd read scripture, we'd reflect on that, and then we'd pray together. 
um, and just do that before school started every day. Hmm. Um, and that was a group of maybe 10, right? Mm -hmm. Out of uh, a school of about 700 students. Oh, yeah. So, you yeah. know, not, not a lot of people. A small right? percentage, for a sure. small percentage, right, right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for... Uh, for what I received academically there, but it goes back maybe to what I was saying beginning. The only reason that was fruitful in my life is because I came home to a family that truly valued that. Yeah. And to parents and my siblings as well that pushed me in that relationship. And that's a gift that not everyone has, yeah. you know. And that was the true catalyst for faith, was my family, you know. If I had floated through Catholic school without that, I don't know that it would have meant anything. Yeah. 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 So... Talk some more, if you wouldn't mind, about like the structure of your family. Like, how many siblings do you have? Like, sure. what did your parents do for a living? Like, sure, sure. What are your siblings doing now? Like, yeah. Obviously, we know Claire's here. Yeah. Uh, Matthew's still in high school, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 So my my father is a doctor. Um, he's practiced family medicine for. Uh, for a long time. <laughs> I don't I don't have the dates off the top of my head when he started, but uh, my mom uh, was a nurse. She was a travel nurse right out of college and got to live in places like Colorado and Hawaii and all sorts of stuff. And man, I, uh, in a lot of ways, I envy that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate the adventures that she's able to have with that. But um, well, anyway, so um, their parents, um, so my grandma and uh, my grandpa on my dad's side, um, they they were both medical uh, in the professions, um, and so my oldest sister Annie graduated as a nurse um, back in the or back in May of 2019. So she worked um, out in Orange County, California, for one year um, with the Sisters of Saint Joseph, um, rotating through different uh, positions that they needed her to fill as a as a nurse, um, and she really enjoyed that. Um, and she's now back out in Orange County working a full-time position um, with a with the separate agency, the okay. hospital. Yeah. Uh, so she's medical. Yeah. And then right right after her is Claire, um, and uh, so Claire is uh, going to finish up a degree in medical sciences um, at the end of next semester, so May of 2021. Um, and uh, yeah, so she's also medical. She's one year older than me. And uh, so here I am, right? Mm -hmm. And I decide that uh, even though I'm named after the patron saint of doctors, I'm going to go ahead and study mechanical engineering. You know, the, like, not necessarily the opposite route, but a, a fairly a different, very different route. route, right? Yeah. <laughs> Focusing less on like how to fix people and more how to fix engines. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what I did, and I love it. Um, so that's cool. My, uh, my youngest brother, Matthew, he is, uh, well, almost three years younger, a little shy of three years younger. Um, so he is in his senior year of high school right now. And, um, and he's our floater. He's still figuring out, still figuring out where he's, looking at where he's going. Yeah, yeah. What he wants to do with it. Yeah, exactly. But as you can imagine, he's thinking medicine right now. <laughs> really? Surprise, surprise. I write. Sensing a trend here. Yeah, so if he does, then that'll make me the only one in the family. You're gonna be you know, you're gonna be the disappointment child. Three. That's right. That's right. I'll be the disappointment. <laughs> but I, I highly doubt that. Knowing knowing how smart you are, you are gonna be far from the disappointment child. I can say that now. <laughs> oh, that's, that's definitely kind. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, let's see. What else are we? Uh, what else do we have on the docket to talk about? So you're uh, you're 
you talk a lot with the wow I can't talk uh, you talk a lot with the Mormons mm-hmm. here on campus so mm-hmm. talk or I did you did you did before you know COVID and everything yeah but, yeah um you're still in contact with some of them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still, um, it's, it's. Uh, I'll put it this way: it's hard to, uh, it's hard to break contact with uh, more missionaries. So, <laughs> still, yeah, still in, still in light contact with them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, my, my freshman year was the first time I ever met. Um, uh, they're called elders. Elders are the, the names of the the male missionaries that will go out. Um, and so the Church of Latter Day Saints will send them two by two two different districts that they've established. Um, and so we've got one right centered on campus, which is why we get them. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> exactly, which makes sense, right? Yeah. A lot of people around what here. What a great so. place. It's a bunch of you know kids with their minds being molded right now. Exactly. exactly. They're open to new ideas, so yep. why not try and get them to join a new religion? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so my freshman year I met, met two elders, and uh, you know, at that point it was really just like a, it was one meeting and that was it. We never, we never met again, and it's more just me trying to understand what the Mormon Church was, you know, what the Church of Latter-day Saints really was all about. And um, this was a brief conversation, two wonderful guys, and um, truthfully, I never saw them after that. Um, now, fast forward to my sophomore year, so the, um, excuse me, the spring of this year, um, I just by happenstance, um, after a Catholic Bearcat tabling session, uh, passed the Mormon uh, table, and I was kind of pulled into a conversation with the sisters, so they're uh, female missionaries. So it's elders and sisters? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Um, and it's very interesting. Uh, typically, they are not so forthcoming with their first names, so they will go by, for example, if I were one, I'd go by Elder Vaguely, you know, and I would be very uh, um, austere, very, um, I don't know, uh, secretive about my first name. Interesting. Um, that's just typically how it goes, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, does that have anything to do with like their like beliefs or anything? You know, uh, you know I, I really don't know the answer to that. Um, I think more it has to do with uh, maybe um, they they see this this position as being a missionary is like a very important role for them. Um, so it comes with the title, and I think they likewise see that title as a very important thing as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, so I met these two sisters. Um, and I actually got their first names. Uh, so uh, Brianna was one of them, and oh uh, man, I'm blanking on the uh, the second lady's name. But um, anyway, so I met with them a number of times, and um, they were very they were very open uh, and and very kind, uh, and they listened to because uh, they wanted to learn a little bit more about Catholicism as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a good opportunity to share that way. Um, and uh, anyway, so I met with them, and, and one of the sisters, Sister Brianna, left and went off to another district because the church moved her and uh, got a new missionary. And at that point, uh, Hannah Geiger was joining me for uh, my uh, meetings with, uh, with these missionaries. Of course, that sounds very much like Hannah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's, you know, there's a can of worms to be opened uh, with Mormon theology. But um, I'll tell you this, you know, um, I don't know that my interactions with, with them was particularly fruitful for them. Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe the spirit worked through that. But uh, I will say this, it was at least very fruitful for me because it allowed me to dive into the Catholic teachings that I hold and then analyze a little more rigorous, rigorously why are they true, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so it was very fruitful for me on a personal level. And uh, for that, it was very valuable. Um, 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of one example maybe to kind of illustrate what uh, what that looked like. Um, hmm. I suppose uh, one question I really push them on is because uh, because the the, the uh, Church of Latter Day Saints does claim to be a, a Christian church, mm-hmm. and so I, I push them on the question. I asked them, "So who do you say Christ is? You're a Christian church, right? So who do you say Christ is?" And what resulted was a very long. Uh, rambling, uh, multi-paragraph answer, right? That I couldn't even, if I wanted to, uh, like accurately yeah. <laughs> uh, recreate for you. But uh, uh, that was troubling for me. You know, mm-hmm. I think that if you're going to claim to be a Christian church, right, you have to have a pretty short answer. You should have a pretty succinct answer, right? Because like Catholicism, it's pretty easy. He's the Son of God, who's like God's representation on Earth. He's the human form of. Yeah. human form of God who sacrifices life so that way we could have eternal life. Yeah, exactly. It's about exactly. one sentence. Don't need any long paragraph. Exactly. And I, I argue you could probably even say it more succinctly than that. That was yeah. a little long. Yeah, you can, you, can, you can nail it out in one sentence and I think pretty accurately capture who Christ is. You yeah. Know? And, uh, um, yeah, that was troubling for me. Uh, and so uh, we, we talked a little bit more about that. Unfortunately, I think... Um, uh, the way that we come to know truth as Catholics is uh, perhaps incompatible with the way that Mormons come to know truth. Yeah. Um, and I did push them on this as well. Uh, and unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of uh, success with that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, just to ins- summarize maybe that difference, you know, in the, in the Catholic Church, right, there's thousands of years of men and women who have doubted everything that you could possibly doubt about what the Church teaches. Yeah. And then when they doubt, they're only met with resolutions to their doubts and a deeper deeper understanding of truth it becomes mm-hmm. more and more beautiful and sucks them in more and more and more and there's thousands of men and women thousands of saints that have walked this same path yeah which is amazing right um doubting is, a, is an important part of the catholic tradition um it's, it's how we've come to know more and more about our faith um and so with that there's obviously a very strong intellectual tradition of catholics uh rigorously going through logical analysis of church teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, often Aristotelian uh, analysis. And um, anyway, I came in with that that framework, right? And that's the framework I wanted to have our conversations in. Yeah. I feel like that's a very strong framework, uh, at least in a secular world it is. Their framework is a little bit different. Their framework is all based on uh, uh, personal revelation, is what we'd call it in the Catholic Church. Okay. Um, that meaning... If I think I hear something in prayer, or I think that God's telling me something, boom, that's it. That's solid. You follow that, you know? Interesting, yeah, um, that's... And that's, you can, you can see why that might be... That would be an issue. <laughs> an issue, right? Because, well, gosh, how do I know it's from God and not just stuff yeah. I'm thinking, you know? I go to prayer and I think all sorts of stuff, and mm-hmm. half the time it's probably not stuff that's really all that good for me. No. You know? <laughs> Another example, let's say, you know, I, I was a Boy Scout uh, growing up, and I know you were as well. Yep. Boy Scouts was great for me. It, it got me to do all sorts of great things, you know, like service projects and things like that, right? And so, um, you know, Boy Scouts got me to think all sorts of good things, right? Yeah. But um, religiously, I'm not a Boy Scout. I don't know. That is not my yeah, I don't, religion I, that I practice. I wouldn't religiously identify as a Boy Scout, right? Um, and, that, that was, and, and that was the issue. They, they, they justified... When I when I met with them with that with that rebuttal that well gosh how I think all sorts of things how am I going to know what's from God their their answer was well you'll know you'll know what's from God based on the fruits right which is a very scriptural understanding okay it's, it's yeah. true but um, 
but my challenge to that was, well, it was the Boy Scout challenge, right? Yeah. Like the Boy Scouts bared a lot of fruit. Yeah. Me and there's brothers, a lot of right? Yeah. Stuff that comes from yeah. Being yeah. A Boy All the fruits Scout. of the Holy Spirit. I could, I could, I could say it bared a number of those fruits, right? Um, but that doesn't make it truth. That doesn't make it the ultimate truth, yeah. right? Um, and so, unfortunately, conversations were often stifled uh, because we had two very different frameworks. And that's why I say at the beginning it probably wasn't super fruitful for them. Maybe it was. You know, who knows? Yeah. God, God works in a lot of different ways that, uh, that I certainly don't understand. Uh, but at the very least, it was fruitful for me. So yep. uh, that's why I continued to meet with them uh, because they were kind and I enjoyed being with them mm-hmm. and, and trying to love them the best I could. And um, yeah, and then growing in my faith personally, uh, even if maybe, you know, even if that wasn't as, as well received. Um, it was still worth it. Yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah, that's maybe a recap. <laughs> yeah. My experiences. Um, so this upcoming week, what do we what do we have on the docket for Catholic Bearcat? Do we have anything fun going on? Wow. Oh, Just Catholic man. Bearcat Night? Or? Yeah. So we have Catholic Bearcat Night coming up on Thursday. Um, we'll start Mass at 530 uh, at St. Monica, St. George, and then right after, going to dinner. Going to uh, dinner. It's always a lot of fun. And then following dinner, we will be making lunches. Uh, for St. Francis Seraph Ministries. Um, I'll be heading that up, so if anybody has any interest, uh, keep an eye out in the GroupMe, uh, Catholic Bearcat Announcements, and also the email stream. Um, but after Thursday dinners at 7.30 in the basement of the Catholic Center, we put together lunches for day workers. Yep. Um, so those are just men and women in Cincinnati who are not getting paid uh, what they should be getting paid. Um, so these lunches go out to them as they're working those long long days, uh, make sure they have something to eat, and uh, help them save some money so they don't yeah. have to be uh, spending it at restaurants or wherever convenience food they can find. So now, what kind of sandwiches do you make again? Uh, we make peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Uh, and, and what are you food. allergic to again? <laughs> Peanuts, among other things. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've, I've just always found that so funny that, like, you... It's a great service, like, no matter what, but it's it's just funny that... You're allergic to the very thing that you're serving people with. <laughs> Maybe it's a little ironic. It's, it's a little ironic. It Definitely a little ironic. It's certainly worth it though. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've done this now for well, this will be the third semester we've been running this, and COVID threw a wrench into it, but uh, a little bit. Yeah. But we're back. Oh, yeah. Back. Bigger than ever. And we're ready to go. So. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. You got any uh, any plans for playing ultimate anytime this week or anything like that? Any oh man sports plans you'd like to open an invitation to? You know, I haven't played anything yet, um, but uh, definitely keep an eye out for men's night the, coming up this month. Uh, that'll be the last Friday of this month, and we will certainly be out. Maybe not ultimate. We might have something a little might more creative little going different. on. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll see. I'm always open to new ideas. Yeah. I think uh, also keep an eye in the. Uh, Catholic Bearcat announcements or just general uh, CB conversation has gone downhill, but we'll, that's it's a conversation for another time. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out in the uh, group chat for any anyone saying, "Hey, let's go play ultimate." It's yeah. always it's always a fun time with the Catholic Bearcat group because we got some actually solid ultimate players in our in our little group. Yeah, here. we do. Yeah, we do. And with intermules canceled, you know, now's now's the now's time. the time. Now's the yeah. time to like grow in your ultimate skills, so that way next yeah. year once intermules roll around, yeah, if we're actually able to play, we'll Be you'll solid. be ready to pop off. Yeah, there's a lot of young life teams out here that uh, need to be put in their place. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> young life thinks they're they're the stuff. They're they're not when it comes to ultimate. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Yep. 
All right. I think uh, we're going to call that a wrap for our first episode of the Stronghold Podcast. Again, uh, the title is a work in progress, um, but we hope you guys enjoy, um, and hopefully we'll see you at a, a Thursday dinner this week. All right. Peace. Yeah. Thanks for coming by, Luke.